it's Standing at the Edge, the podcast. I'm Casey Stratton. Welcome. It is episode nine. It is the third and final part of my interview with my husband, Kurt stratton Lindsay. I'm not going to talk a lot out front because it's 38 minutes that we still have left to talk uh, with each other. We had a very long conversation, took lots of twists and turns. Um, what's going on in the world? I'm back to work this week, so that's been an adjustment. I feel kind of overwhelmed emotionally trying to and mentally, just trying to wrap my head around putting that much focus into things again. For a long time, I've just kind of been sailing on this current of panic and fear and trauma and <laughs> sometimes numbness and just all the things that we're feeling and the internal stuff. It's not always on the surface, but um, yeah, you know, I've been talking about that for nine weeks now. Some days are worse than others, but I'm back to work. I'm trying to figure out how to make virtual programming happen for middle and high schoolers. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around it all. I'm trying to soak up as much information as I can about what's working for other people, what's not working, challenges, successes, all the kind of stuff. Figuring out, can I do assessments? How's that going to look? I don't know. Um, It's going to be me on the front line with the kids again. Before I was the program director, which I still technically am, but I had a staff of five people, but now I don't. So it's just going to be me in the virtual space working with, with some teenagers. So I'm really hopeful that I'll be able to help them, and by helping them, hopefully I'll be able to help me. Uh, terrible explosion in Lebanon, Beirut. Um, just terrible. Over 135 people dead at this point. 5,000 injured. I'm sure those numbers are going to rise. I saw the videos. I don't know if you saw them, but it was just horrific. And not to minimize that, but something I talked about on Facebook today, that was 100 whatever people that we know of that died in that explosion and it was an event it was something you could watch a video of it was shocking it was terrible and all those things are true but then we have a thousand people a day dying of COVID-19 in the United States we're already up to about 160,000 people that are dead more than who died in the Vietnam War Um, it's just the numbers are so large that psychologically we can't really process it so we get kind of numb to it and we have a 9-11 every three days in body count. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to to try to wrap my head around and it's just, living through this time is just something else. So that's all I'm going to say about that. This week with my conversation with Kurt that we're going to hear in a second, we talk about, uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off last time. We had just mentioned that I was going to have the spinal surgery. So I, the audio picks right up where the other one left off. And we talk about life after that, what that was like. We talk about getting married. And then we just kind of talk a little bit about what our our relationship and our lives are like together and even the day-to-day stuff. So let's dig in. So that surgery was much more intense because they were actually cutting into my neck and pulling my spine out and moving my esophagus and my voice box and everything around, which took forever to be even close to normal again. And then as listeners know, or if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, they put me on Valium not realizing that there was a counterindication with one of my heart medications. So I lost my ability to regulate my emotions really at all. So that was probably the worst thing we've experienced that because was, it went on I mean, for that weeks. That was about like two months. Yes. And I, we talk about this. I have a lot of guilt about it. We both have triggers of certain things that are difficult, that have caused issues. That was, it was not a fun time. No. But like I've said to you, like, sometimes you have these very visceral reactions to things that happen now 
that are hard for me to understand because my whole life felt like a dream all the time. But you were living it in like this reality that I was not experiencing. So sometimes I can't understand when certain things affect you because to me it doesn't feel real. But for you it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in, in some ways it's still... It's hard to talk about. Some stuff like that I'm... I'm still like trying to, I guess, not get over, but just move on with, um, because I, like you said, like you, you experienced it, but not really, because you you weren't yourself. No. Um, and obviously, like I don't, I don't blame you in any kind of way for any of it. And I don't blame you, like, for not understanding, like, how, like, why I react certain ways and whatnot. But it's just, it's not an easy thing to, I uh, accept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what other word to use, but, yeah. No, and I get it. Just, it it's, it was not good. Well, and as you know, like, okay, so one, now sometimes when I have emotional feelings, I don't always feel comfortable to tell you because I feel guilt about that time when I couldn't regulate my emotions but for my listeners I think you'll understand hopefully what I'm about to say so we spent a lot of time when I couldn't regulate my emotions like the only a lot of the things that brought me comfort was listening either to my music or other people's music that helped me just get it out generally through tears and crying so there was a lot of like the henry music mm-hmm. calling of the crows there was a lot of the vigil there were all these and, and then like the classical yep eric eschenwalds and just a lot of the classical music but a lot of it was around henry and i've talked about that a lot in the podcasts and i've got a lot of great comments of people saying hey if i could write songs i would have done the same thing about when my cat died or dog died so why does every cat want to just be right by my phone right now? I'm like, hello, you're going to ruin the audio, girl. So, and Simon's been hiding in the cat tree over there for like an hour because he's, he kept moving. He felt rejected. <laughs> anyway, since then, obviously, me being a musician is a huge part of my identity and who I am. And sometimes when we listen to my work, it triggers that time for you. And then my feelings get hurt. So it's very complicated. It's one of the most difficult things I navigate because there are lots of times when we do listen to my work and then the next morning I wake up and I feel super embarrassed and guilty about it. And so it's an unfortunate like symptom. It's an unfortunate like symptom of that time because something that's really a huge part of my life that I want to share with you because you're my husband has kind of been tainted by this terrible experience that both of us were going through and you were feeling it in real life and I was feeling it in some sort of hallucination almost. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can understand that. And it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, like trigger me in like a bad way. I mean, it is, it, unfortunately, sometimes, not always, just sometimes, it does, you know, bring me back to that time. And because it was, near a near nightly occurrence Mm -hmm. and like i mean there were many nights when i just had to leave you down in the living room and my like for myself and just like go to bed because i couldn't get you to stop 
and like I mean in hindsight it makes sense and everything but I would so it does like bring up the memory but it doesn't necessarily like trigger me in a bad way I know like we've we've talked about it's so, like you and I are fine ish you know around certain things and I feel like we're in a fine place to continue talking about it if we need to but yeah it's it's just, uh, it's complicated. It is. Like, there's no really other way to describe it other than complicated. It is. And like I'm saying, I still sometimes have fear to share my own work with you. And so that's just a weird dynamic. It is complicated. It's such a huge part of my identity and my life. And I'm processing similar things, but not in such a dramatic way, not... I mean, like, I have my normal faculties most of the time. But at the time, I didn't. And I just kept thinking, I've talked about this in other episodes, like, I just kept thinking, this is normal. My body had a trauma, so I guess I'm just way more emotional than usual. And I was dealing with a brand new job when I went back to work or started a job against medical advice way before I was supposed to. I did a lot of things wrong in that time. But that's because I couldn't control my impulses, I just felt like I had to go to work. But if you recall, like the first two weeks, I'd go to work and I'd come home and be, by six o'clock, I'm passed out on the couch. And then I'm waking up at like nine or 10 and I'm so emotional and I can't function. And then I have to go to work again the next day and try to fake my way through. It was awful. When I look back on it, I'm just like, what? Yeah, I know. There were days I had to stay home and like work from home because you were paranoid for you know, different reasons or just you couldn't you couldn't deal <laughs> and I feel bad too because like it's like why didn't I know that this is not normal well we hadn't been together that long no but I mean obviously it was still irrational behavior on your part yeah. like I but I don't I guess I just kept like telling myself like you did like You've been through so much in such a short period of time. I thought I had just it's lost all it. all just like kind right, of... the accumulative... Coming like, out Heart altogether. attacks, all these surgeries, spinal surgery. Like, I've just... I thought I just hit my limit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just can't anymore. I'm just done. Now I'm actually, <laughs> from my perspective, actually living out what that means without a chemical interaction because this time of COVID-19 I do have plenty of days where I've like I have literally hit my limit but I think I'm doing much better than that time because right now it's not a chemical thing it's an actual emotional oh yeah and I think we're all I mean I keep talking about this we are all doing that we're all experiencing this collective trauma Mm -hmm. so that's the other crazy thing just like with our personal narratives we go through all of this Life finally starts to feel somewhat normal. And then we get hit with a pandemic. Nuts. I... (laughs) So it was just so funny and, like, not the ha-ha funny, but, like, it's, like, ironic funny. It's, like, a majority, like, for the first year and a half of our relationship was you in the hospital Mm -hmm. pretty much and here we are on like the second half of that you know second year right no we're in year three we're going in we're here yeah geez we're in year three right so here we are like going into well we are in year three but it was year two still when this all yeah and 
we are quarantined at home. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're either we're stuck at the hospital and now we're stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've definitely gotten to do a lot of things in between and all of that. But it's a rough two in a almost half years. Yeah. It's a lot to experience in a relationship in general over 10 Any years. Any amount of time. Right. So to have this all happen so quickly. And as you know, like, and the podcast listeners know, my friend Sean was the one who encouraged me to put myself out there because I had gone through this terrible thing with the heart attacks. But then when I actually met you and like we were so connected, I felt guilty. Like, what have I done? I didn't even think about the fact that, yes, I might get more support not to be alone, but now this other person has to deal with all this stuff. And there were lots of times where I was like, I made a mistake. It's not fair to expect somebody... Because it's one thing if you're married for like 25 years and then your partner has a heart attack or a stroke or even 10 years or five years, but (laughs) we're together a week and I'm back in the hospital... And just like knowing I could have a heart attack or a stroke at any time, we both have to live with that. Interestingly enough, this morning, I was so still in bed that you were afraid that I had died. This morning, it was at like 2.30 in the morning. Well, overnight, I don't move a lot in my sleep, but I was moving so, I wasn't moving at At all, all. And you were worried. I mean, and like rightfully so. Like that's the kind of thing we both have to deal with all the time. I do that more than what I tell you. Mm. But um, I would do that too. Yeah, it's intense. And I've I've had these conversations like with your mom and with Holly specifically, like those just because they're again two of the most important people in your life. Um, where they're just like. You know, they tell me thank you for just being there for you. And I'm just like, you don't need to thank me. I'm like, this is just what you do for someone that you love and care about. And they're like, but there have been so many other people that who would never do like be there for you. And I'm like, that that sucks. But you don't have to thank me because I'm I'm here because I love Casey. Like, I'm not. That's just, that's what you do. If I couldn't do it or I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't be in this relationship. Right. I think that that's the whole thing. It's the context again. Like, it's not like we were together a long time. I think they're thanking you because you walked right into it from day one and didn't go running away. True. And a lot of people would have. And I've always been the independent one, the one who takes care of myself. So I have had times in my life where people are just like, I don't know how to support you because you support you. So I don't have to, or I don't know how to. And usually I've been fine with that. I'm usually the one being the support. And so that I've talked about previously, it was hard for me to deal with that identity, to feel my identity change. Like now I'm the sick person. Now I'm the person with a medical issue. I had never had anything more than stitches. I mean, I talked about that in another episode too. Like I'd never, I've still to this day, knock on wood, never broken a bone. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not like I have a lot of history with, like, complicated shit. I had high blood pressure. I had high cholesterol. I took pills. I was good. I got shingles that sucked. 
but it's nothing that you can't like persevere through. So to all of a sudden be like heart attack patient, cervical spinal surgery, I'm like, when did I become this person with all with like this list? Just like today, I got a message because I have a doctor's appointment this week for my nerve ablations for my neck because I still have pain. And it was like spelling out all of my medical issues. And I was like, when did this list get so long? Like, that's nuts. Like, I was just like, wow, look at all of this. No wonder. What's really crappy for you is I mean, it's not and like you and I, we joke about it, but it's not old age like <laughs> no I've just hit the genetic lottery with like everything that I should be 85 is right. happening to me in my 40s like one thing after another what did I say I think it was when we were at your mom's for Joel's birthday my brother yes sorry um I always said my I had someone said something like you were telling everyone about like oh your, your dentist appointment mm. and I said yeah before you know there's not going to be anything of you left <laughs> right I'm disintegrating in real literally time. I know and it's all genetic and it's from both sides of my family and I'm like the only one who gets every single genetic thing in my family all the bad stuff and younger than everybody else my grandmother died at 54 of a heart attack I'm like, oh, I'm an overachiever. 40, gotcha. Lived, thank goodness. But nobody else had a heart attack when they were 40. Then again, look at my life. I lived a very highly stressful life. So that had to have contributed to my blockages because they know they started when I was a teenager. And then I'm like poor in LA and I'm dealing with like moving to Chicago, moving to New York, being with a giant corporation, like the stress, like even good stress, just like lots of big things. Like I've lived my life in this giant big way, less so the older I get. But then again, maybe not career-wise, but even that, sort of. I mean, I, I'm always like in the rat race to like get a better job or get promoted or move up the ladder and then all the health stuff just big just big things happen my friends have always like joked like the universe gives me extremes it's like extreme good extreme bad very little in the middle that's true because even when you look at this time on uh, from my perspective yes i have two heart attacks i know i have this spinal issue but then i meet you and i get a new job so there are good things I attained some things that were good, even in a time mm -hmm. that was extremely bad. And that's just always been how my life has gone. But it's also because I've always just gone big. Like I go for the brass ring. I just don't, I don't think small, I think big. So even just like putting myself out there was another act of thinking big. And I was like, if I don't meet somebody, that's fine. And you put yourself out there. I did. <laughs> Not in a slutty way, just to be <laughs> frank and fair. Wasn't like that, but I dated a lot of people because I kept saying, "Okay, well, that, that would be more." Slushing. We're not, but I'm just saying that was not my experience at that time. I'm not slut shaming anyone else, but I don't want people thinking that I was out there just, you know. But Anyhow, even if he did, it would be fine. It would be fine, but it's not my brand, honey. I'm just saying, it's not my brand. Just so, <laughs> yes, that's all true. So let's talk about other things that were good. So I talked in a previous podcast about when we went to Europe. So I want to hear more about your experience because you had never been. And neither of us had ever been to Spain, so I have a huge soft spot for Spain now because I loved it way more than I thought I would. It was totally different than what I expected, but it was better. Yeah, we know why you liked it so much. Oh, that is not true. <laughs> 
Um, I like Spanish men, but yes, that's not why I liked it so much. That's why um, I like Instagram so much. Yeah, I, I what? Well, okay, let's start from the beginning. So I remember when it was first talked about. It was you, me, and Cat. I don't know. Have you talked about Cat? Yep. Okay, so they should know who Cat is. Yep. So it was you, me, and Cat. Because Cat and I go to Europe all the time. Yes. And we were at Maru Sushi. And that's when it was talked about, like, well, at least with, with me around, that's the first time that I had heard about it. And, this and is, were you thinking it was, like, real or were we just talking? I have no idea. Like, well, I'll get there. Okay, okay. Just let me tell my story. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, we're sitting there, we're eating, having a good time. Kat and uh, Casey are talking about, like, Europe and stuff and, like, tickets and so on. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because there were... I had, like, just gotten a new job. I'd only been working for, like, I think a month or so. Casey and I had only been together for three months, I think. Something like that. Two-ish, three months, maybe, at the time. No. Maybe, no. It, it was, was one way, month. Yeah. It was in my Facebook memories yeah. today that I bought the plane tickets. Yeah. Today. So, yeah, we'd only been together for a month. So I was, like, mm-hmm. not, like, I really was not even considering myself, like, part of the conversation, you thought Kat and I were going to go to Europe. Yeah, I always thought, yeah, that they were just chatting about them going to Europe. I was Our like, that sounds trip. awesome. I wish I could go. Like, obviously, I'm not going to, like, put it, like, I didn't say anything about it. But Well, and I didn't say anything with you there, but then I had a private conversation with Kat afterward and said, hey, what if we take her with us? And we split the cost. Anyway. And see, I didn't really know about that. I know. Uh, but yeah, I was just, I was not expecting it. Um, and then, I don't know, it, I think it was, like, the next day or so is when you brought it up to me, and I was like, excuse me? Right, like, you want to go with us? And I, I, like, I, I mean, like, I, of course, I, yes, I wanted to, but I was just like, is this, are you being serious right now? Like, Again, I you go realize, big. like, I, I, because I think I told you, like, I can't afford it. I know. I said, don't worry about it. And I was just like, hold the phone. Hold the phone, hold the door, hold everything. <laughs> is this man for real? Like, I was excited. He, I was like, ooh, I'm going to take him to Europe. I was like, is he trying to be my sugar daddy? <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> like, literally, I did have that thought. I knew mm. you weren't, but it did, like, flash through my mind from when I was like, oh my god, am I, like, his sugar baby now? Like, what's happening? Um... But then I realized, like, no, he's being for serious. Like, yes, I know. I just said for serious. Um, you had never been. I love going. It added an additional layer of fun to be like, ooh, we're going to bring someone who's never been. Like, there's nothing better to me sometimes than, like, taking somebody into an experience they've never had. Whether it's, like, going to a fancy restaurant, which we also did. Like, one of those $900 restaurants. Again, which I couldn't afford. I know, but I wanted you... At the time, anyway. Right. I wanted you to have those experiences. And other people had done similar things for me in my life when I was younger to show me, like, there's this whole world that if you have the privilege, let's be honest, and the money and the means, which a lot of it was credit cards, I'm not going to lie. Right. But why not? And I just really... I knew how much you loved, like, French, and I want. I always go to France. Every Europe trip, we go to Paris every single time. 
So I was just like, I, it was something that I really wanted to do because I did it every year with Kat, but I wanted you to be with me. Yeah, it was, it was a very, I know this, you and I have had the conversations about it. Like I am not a very outwardly emotional person. Mm -hmm. So it didn't necessarily always seem like I was having fun or enjoying whatever it was that I've you were doing. I've discussed that, yeah. Um, you have? Yeah. Oh. I said that I've since then learned that I won't always know. I was I told the story about how like I'd be sitting there like thinking that you're just like not into it and then you'd go on Facebook or somewhere and be like, Oh my god, this is my favorite city I've ever been to and I'm like, Oh, I guess he's having a good time. Like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have known. So like it was it was a huge, huge deal to me because I, I had wanted I had never been off of the North American continent. Mm -hmm. I'd been to Canada. I'd been to Mexico. That's it. So it was a huge, huge deal to go to another continent, like to just get away from America. Um, right. Yeah. And we went to Iceland, England, France, Spain, and Back to multiple mul cities, except well, yeah, multiple cities in everywhere, but everywhere. England, Iceland, yeah, like. so it was just it was an amazing experience, and I'm super, super grateful that I was like, well, you wanted me to there. Um, yeah. The point <laughs> for me was like, I'm like, this is a taste of what's to come. And now we're screwed. And now, yeah, we can't go. We did go to LA. LA. So, oh, that's a good way to segue. So, mm. now that we're talking about the good things, not the bad things. So, mm -hmm. even though I proposed to you in a volume haze, I'm glad that I did. And I've <laughs> told that story how I just said, hey, if I asked you to marry me, what would you say? Which is kind of a weird thing to ask someone. Cause you it was. To, I, I was caught off guard no. for a moment, but I was like, do I say, I mean, obviously I would say yes, but what's happening? <laughs> and then I proposed. Mm -hmm. And then we have mimosas. Mm -hmm. And went and got tattoos the next day. Oh, that's right. We have tattoos. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Ooh. Maybe I have. No, we have matching, t well, sort of. They're the same, but they're different a little bit, like tattoos of moons. Which has like our engagement. Thing. Right. We haven't gotten our actual married tattoos yet. No. Do you want to do you want to share like what your thought process was with oh, those? Yeah. So I can't remember. Was it you that said like we should get tattoos, but then like we, we didn't know, know what. what they would be, mm -hmm. and you had the idea like you know we get because we were going to do engagement rings because we're like okay since we're both cis males like you get a wedding ring but I don't know if you do an engagement ring like we're gay I don't know what we do. So I was like, what if we got matching tattoos? We can do whatever we want. We can, but that's what we decided. We wanted matching tattoos, but we didn't know what they should be. Right. So I not I didn't necessarily have to rack my brain very much for it, but like Casey identifies like with like the moon a lot. My whole career. Um, like yeah. But especially I mean, since Henry and everybody. Right. So I was like, he's kind of like the moon of our lives and here I am the sun because I'm brought in something bright that he wouldn't necessarily have like he didn't think that he would get ever but you also framed it like 
the moon matching tattoos like represent like all the people and cats that you've loved and lost and then the sun can represent us and you like a new beginning right yes but honoring something that was really important to me and then using that as a metaphor for like better days ahead you'll see his memory is better than mine because I remember crying when you told me yeah you're like the moon is like shared experience and like your cats that you love so much that I always blow a kiss to the moon when I see it always and sometimes I'm with people and they think I'm blowing a kiss to them and I'm like no <laughs> and then you're like but then I'm like the sun for you and I was very emotional about it so yeah we got the matching tattoos and then we decided to get married I told the story about how originally we were going to wait but then we were just like well why wait I was having anxiety because I was like what if I die in between and I'm, I don't have that feeling as much now. It, but I've talked about this in another episode. doesn't mean it's not there. I just don't think about it as much. It's still possible, which is, again, why you're scared when I don't move enough in the middle of the night. But not probable at this point. But you never know because of my... I could have a stroke. That's the biggest risk I have right now. So we know what my heart is doing, but we don't know what my brain is doing. Speaking of time. I know, you're right. I have, a, I have to inject myself... So yeah, we got married by the mayor mm-hmm. and had an amazing meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got so much food. I know, I talked about it. I was like, it's the kind of place where you have to let you like rolled out. But it's so good. Amazing. Chef Jenna Archidiacono. Oh, so good. Love Jenna and all her food. And she made vegan stuff yep. for Casey specifically. And she had vegan so, parmesan cheese ready to put yes. on it. So, every, so he'd be able to enjoy every part of the meal. It was so good. And just, I love her and her restaurant, Amore. And I'd been going there for years, and it just felt like the right thing to celebrate us getting married. Because, like, I, I was telling everyone, I never thought I would get married. Like, literally, I was like, I won't get married. I didn't just think I would meet somebody. I thought, even if I do, I won't do it. And then I did. I didn't think I'd ever do it again. Right. But for your first legal marriage, or like actual legal yes. on paper yes. marriage, just I have to have that distinction for myself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then we went to LA. I haven't even talked about that. Mm-hmm. So we got and really I cheap. fit in real great. You did. I was like, <laughs> LA makes you insufferable, which is about right. <laughs> about right. You might as well be a TV producer at this point. Well, no, I have a lot of TV producers I love. And know well, but um, yeah, I had tons of frequent flyer miles, so we literally flew for like $11 a person, except then I got the offer for us to go first class. Was that on the way home? Yeah. Yeah, on the way home, we got to fly first class for like $100 a person. And it was so worth it. It was. We went to LA. I got to show you all my favorite little spots and you got to meet a lot of my really amazing friends mm-hmm. Melanie let us stay in her apartment mm-hmm. so we didn't even have to pay for a hotel and she's amazing and she let us drive her car so we didn't have to rent a car mm-hmm. so it was like the cheapest honeymoon ever and it was so much fun it was fun I love LA for like a week I love it forever mm-hmm. well I lived there for six years <laughs> I've talked about that in other podcasts but piece of ice in my mouth and I realized I don't have any teeth to chew it with I mean I do <laughs> but they're sensitive it. just gonna gum it 
I go to the dentist tomorrow. Anyway, yeah, we went to LA for our honeymoon and we did so much fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you met Melanie and you met Joey mm-hmm. from Driving to the Moon. For those of you who know my work from the very beginning, mm-hmm. me and Joey were driving to the sunrise. It was the very first song on the very first album I ever put out. Mm-hmm. Me and Joey were driving to the sunrise. It's oh, the first line I, I ever I uttered. Even knew that. Yeah, I don't think so. It's the first line I ever uttered to the public. Mm-hmm. In my entire recording career. I, I don't think I even thought of that until just now. Yeah, I wrote a song about Joey and I. It was actually our first, not maybe not date, the first day we hung out. <laughs> yeah, he was 16 and I was 18. And we drove to El Matador State Beach, that beach I took you to, with all the giant rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just past Malibu. So he was recreating his first date with another guy. No. <laughs> no. It's just my favorite. Just kidding. No, and in fact, I don't think actually we went that far. No, we did, because we were trying to drive to... Literally, the moon was full, and it was over the ocean, and we were like, let's drive to the moon. That was Joey's idea. He was very like that. He's still like yes, that. Yes, he still is. Yes. And then you met Carney Wilson. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Mm-hmm. So nice. We went to her house. She made us dinner. An amazing dinner. cook, yes. Yeah, she's so good at cooking. And so down to earth and funny and just been my friend for 25 <laughs> years. One of the most fun evenings ever. Yeah. From Wilson Phillips, Carney Wilson, her dad is Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, like the lead, the main songwriter from the Beach Boys. Just huge musical legacy. Just crazy to me that I even know her, but we by chance met and just fell in love with each other right away. We were inseparable for a long, long time. We still just... we. We tweet each other, we talk on Instagram, we text each other. We have tons of inside jokes. Just one of my best friends in the world. Just a really good time, that whole trip. I realized how many like amazing relationships I have in Los Angeles with people that are just real. Mm-hmm. Just real people. And so I, I have a soft spot for LA, even though my time living there wasn't the best I talked about that a lot in my last podcast like when I went back to make Stand at the Edge it was like a total 180 Mm -hmm. to be there signed but then to be able to like show you that part of my life you had said it's much different when you're in the business versus there just like for fun Mm -hmm. and you said you think you might be able to live there if you weren't like for not making profit. music and so on. No, if I wasn't making music. Yeah, that's what I said. Right, right. I could live there again, I think, if I wasn't in the business, which I wouldn't be. I'd pretty much let go of it. For now, you never know. So those were some good things we experienced. A lot of good things. We went to Florida. Yep, for our anniversary this year. I was saying in the last right podcast. Before, right before COVID. In fact, the airport that we flew home to had a COVID case like, two days say, later. Yeah. And that was like the end of February. We are super lucky. Yeah. And now we're in COVID and we're lucky that we don't <laughs> drive each other crazy every most minute of, of the day. Most of the time, but I think most people would be fighting a lot more than we do. I'm sure they do. They must. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting times that we're in. Mm-hmm. And now we're in our third year together. And things are a little more stable for the most part. Outside of COVID <laughs> and Black Lives Matter and all that. But you and me. Yes. Things are a little more stable. 
I shouldn't even say things like that. <laughs> Knock on some wood. Right. Oh, nobody's at the door. <laughs> All the cats are like, who's here? No one. So, yeah, we've talked for almost two hours, <laughs> which I meant to talk which, to you for 25 minutes. Which is, for us, that's not uncommon. No, we have to pause the TV shows like every five minutes some nights. Some nights we don't, we hardly talk at all. Mm-hmm. We just watch TV. But then some nights we're just like, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. And we, it'll start with usually something completely innocuous. Mm-hmm. That literally means nothing to anybody. No, like, we'll be like, how did we talk about lemons and suddenly we're talking about Black Lives Matter? Right. <laughs> like, what? We were talking about lemons. And some, like, we'll try to, like, backtrack and <laughs> sometimes we, we can figure it out, sometimes we can't. It's ridiculous, but that's one of the things that is good mm-hmm. about us. I've never been in a relationship where in the third year we still like talking like this and still like being each together. Other. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said in another episode, I was like, I think Kurt might have been a little offended, but I was like, of course I love you, but I'm surprised I still like you this much. I was not offended because <laughs> I, I feel the same. But you made a face like, what? Well, it's because I make a face at everything you say because I'm perfect. Oh, I see. I see. That's illuminating. I would not agree with you, but... <laughs> You're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. You're pretty close to perfect. I'm pretty amazing. You are pretty amazing. But so are you. Thank you, honey. It takes one to know one. Does it? Yes. But yes, we have lots of good times and good conversations. We get really deep into social justice, but we agree with each other usually, which is good. It helps. Yeah, we go real deep sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm so deep that even I cry sometimes yeah. and I say even I because I don't cry often so I don't it's not like a like I'm not like ooh I'm a man the man it's just like it's not judgment it's just I mm-hmm. who I am as a person I'm not like super emotional mm-hmm. so and of course I am and I'm very passionate about what I care about social justice wise music wise everything Especially spending eight years trying to help children have better outcomes as adults and just have a better experience. And knowing that sometimes, like, you could be the only positive person in someone's life as an adult with youth. Like, there's just a lot. We have a lot to talk about, especially in these times. I've worked with, like, 95% kids of color for eight years. So I take a lot of this really personally Mm -hmm. as an ally I take it personally as a person of color. Right, and and I take it personally because you're my husband. And so we just have a lot of really good conversations about what's happening, what needs to happen, what should have happened and didn't happen. Why are these other things still happening? Right. What can we do? So, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I feel really lucky to have a relationship where we can have these kinds of deep discussions and also laugh a lot we do laugh we a lot. do laugh a lot that in Brene Brown's podcast she always with her guests does this like 12 rapid fire question thing at the end and one of her questions is what is a snapshot of a moment in your life where you experience true joy and every time she says that to people my thought is that my snapshot of a day in the life 
of a moment that brings me true joy is when you and I are laughing really hard about something and then both of us pretty much are like, oh, I love you so much because oh, we're having so much fun together yeah. that it makes us think about how much we love each other. And we do that a lot. I was just going to say, we, that happens a lot. Right, so that's my snapshot of a moment that brings me... What's a snapshot for you of a moment that brings you true joy? Honestly, I would say, uh, like, the same thing. And, like, I was... as After you answered that you asked the question, I was like, oh, gosh, what is a snapshot? And as soon as you started talking, I was like, yep, that's it. That's it. Because in... I mean, I guess... I've only had, like, a couple, like, long-term serious relationships prior to you. Like, lots of short term and blah 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 but I've never I never liked either of those guys as much as I like you and I've never had I never had the, like the same level of connection for, with anybody and like I've just I've never had as much fun and if you can't have fun with the one you love, then who can you have fun with? Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Give me a kiss. Mwah. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that three-part conversation. We really have a great relationship and really enjoy being around one another. And if we can still say that after being homebound almost 24-7 for this many months, that's a good thing after a couple years with somebody. So next week, I have no idea. So you're just going to have to tune in to find out. So I'll see you then. Bye-bye.